Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on the show, we have Alexandra Chando, actress, director, producer, podcast host, and she just happens to have coronavirus. I was very interested to hear her experience being absolutely quarantined by herself. We also talk about what the future of Hollywood's going to look like and what our predictions are. You can find Alexandra on the Her Voice podcast under the Action Park Media umbrella and also on Instagram at achando. Please enjoy. Hi, Alexandra. Hi. Hi, it's Ethan Suplee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, all things considered, you know. <laughs> and, well, there, and there's quite a bit to consider, too, right now, huh? There's a little bit to consider. Yeah, I think so. How have you been holding up? Well, I have a wife and four daughters. and Oh, my goodness. Yes, I have heard the words house arrest from a number of those daughters a number of times as though I was imposing this on them. Oh no. I, you know, I've been thinking about people with kids and like how they're like explaining things to their kids and like how they're understanding it because I, I can't imagine, I mean, I don't know how old they are, but I can't imagine even with like younger kids, like that they don't understand. Yeah. The, the, my oldest are adults and in college and home now. Oh, okay. So they, they get it a, a little bit more. The, the youngest is 12 And it is a fine line between trying to get her to take it seriously, but also not present something that is so totally upsetting that it's going to like, you know, um, scar her forever. Because, you know, I think the the idea is that one one day we all are 
living as human beings again, which involves interaction with each other. Eventually, right. eventually. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I want to talk to you. I think it's incredibly poignant to get the perspective of somebody who's gotten it, but more so like how you how you're dealing with it day to day, how you even got a test, because like I would love to go get a test, but I'm being told stay away from the, the doctors. And and if you don't feel that you if you, you don't have the symptoms, then you're not going to get a test. So I want to know, like, how you even pulled that off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was very lucky. I started, I'm pretty sure I know where I got it before like quarantine, like serious quarantine happened. I was at a friend's house where there was about 10 of us for a birthday. And, um, since then I got symptoms five days later. And since then four or five people from that same night have come become really sick and one of them has tested positive as well. So I feel like that night was the culprit, which is just like even more proof that like not being around people is like the best thing right now um, because like four or five people from one night got it. Um, All four or five have been confirmed? They are trying to get tests, but we could pretty much assume that they all, well, they all have the same symptoms. And so we can pretty much assume that if two of us at the party tested positive, that the people who are feeling really sick are probably also positive. But I was really lucky with my symptoms, actually. On Monday, I started feeling really bad shortness of breath and, um, and kind of body fatigue and weakness. And then I went grocery shopping and carrying my groceries up my stairs and was feeling pretty fatigued, but didn't really think anything of it. And then the following day, I went downstairs to get something out of my car and came up and almost passed out at the top of my stairs. I had to like drop to my hands and knees, crawl to the bathroom, thought I was going to throw up and um, had to like lay on the bathroom floor for like five minutes to kind of like regain any sense of like (laughs) normalcy. Um, And that's when I kind of knew something was not right. Um, I've had pneumonia before. Last year around this time, I had pneumonia and that's what it felt like. My chest felt the very same way. And after that, my body just like, the fatigue was intense. Like I couldn't even walk to my kitchen. Um, like exerting myself was so difficult. Um, so I honestly, I wasn't going to go to the doctor because I kept hearing like, if you go out, you'll just expose yourself to more. But I was starting to worry that I had regular pneumonia and that I needed an antibiotic. Right. So I called my urgent care and it was like, very empty. And so I took the chance and they ran me through all the tests of pneumonia and everything was clear, but I think they were worried because I have asthma. But what was crazy was she, the, the doctor was like, we only have two to three tests a day and I don't think I can give you a test. And I was like, okay, well, I can't breathe. And it's like the afternoon. So like, how are you gauging? Like, I know I don't have a fever. I had like a low grade fever, but like I didn't have any other symptoms. 
So she was like, we have to beg the lab for a test. And I was like, all right, well, do you think we can do that, please? So they, she came back and she's like, okay, we can give you a test. And I genuinely believe that the only reason I got a test is because I have asthma. Right. Um, and sure enough, you know, they tested me and I came out positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, she had to go back and like make a phone call and beg the lab just to even test me. And like I said, I was super lucky because I didn't have symptoms where I was like wrecked. You know, I had a headache, I had fatigue, I couldn't breathe, but like, I was okay. You didn't go, it wasn't, you you didn't need to go straight to the hospital basically. No. Mm -mm. And And I wouldn't have because I didn't want to be exposed further because I knew I wasn't feeling like all of the awful symptoms that everyone else I had been seeing all on the news. Right. I mean... It's terrifying. The whole thing is terrifying. So do you, do you live alone? I live alone. Yeah. So now you just, so then the protocol is just, you don't leave your house. Don't leave my house. I ordered groceries on Instacart, had somebody deliver them. I had a dear friend drop off some stuff for me as well, but yeah, I'm here. And I, and to be quite honest, like this whole time I hadn't really been having anxiety about the virus itself. For some weird reason, I was like very calm and very chill about it. It's anxiety about other stuff. That's like, I have to try and keep at bay, Um, you know, just life things. And then also too, like the fact that I do live alone and the fact that I'm in my home by myself for God knows how many more weeks um, with like no physical touch or no, you know, it's like very, those types of things like start weighing on me. Yeah. I mean, that is so much a part of being a person. And I know that when they, they, when they rolled these guidelines out, um, it's obviously not, it's not forever. It's a, it's a finite period of time, but it does, it does begin to weigh like, and certainly I having kids, uh, a lot of my concern is like, what happens to the landscape of being a person after this? Like, do we just go back to normal or are we done with large gatherings of people? Are we done with, you know, passing, uh, passing people in the street at under six feet? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Handshakes, I feel like are like out. (laughs) They're like off the table. (laughs) Right. You know, the the Italians kiss each other on the cheeks. Is that going to be no longer a part of their culture? Yeah, I think. Well, and I think what's scary too is like, you know, like I was just told the the other night that just because I got it doesn't mean that I'm immune to it now. So like I can get it again. Right. So it's like the question of, okay, well, how, how will this ever end if people can keep getting it? And like the incubation period is so long and you don't even know if you have it for days until you, you know, until you see symptoms. So it's, it's, that's, I think what's scary and what you kind of start going over in your head. I'm still holding out hope that once a person gets it, they have uh, been inoculated for some period of time. Right. You know what I mean? That's, but I, but you're right. That hasn't been determined. So we just don't know. There is so much with this to think about. I know, but I will say though, I, I, I do believe in, I don't know, maybe this is just me telling myself this just, I don't know, for peace of mind, but I eat really 
clean and I'm, I, I take really good care of like myself. And I had been starting, um, like immunity supplements anyway, a while ago where I was taking like L-lysine and, um, echinacea and vitamin C and all of that. And I do genuinely believe that like the way that my lifestyle is, has had really helped to kind of like ward off the virus, like as, as bad as it could have been, you know? Again, that could just be my own, like (laughs) my own thinking, but, um, I do think that like I was in a healthy enough state that it was more bearable. Yeah. How do you feel Mm -hmm. now? I feel pretty good. Um, I have a slight headache still. Headache is kind of off and on, but I feel almost back to normal. Right. Um, Like I just went and I took my trash out and like walked up the steps and was okay. Didn't need my inhaler all was okay. So yeah, I definitely feel like I'm like on the other side of it. I think that was the hardest part too. It was like not being able to like use my body. Like I was just laid out on the couch. Right. I mean, and you talked about having physical, having physical goals that you had set in place prior to this have obviously you got sick. So you've got to, the first thing you got to do prior to getting into before you get back to that is, is handling everything you can with your immediate, you know, acute condition. But do you foresee this having some impact on how you live your life going forward? Like, I understand you're not totally out of the woods. You still have a headache. You still have some symptoms. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing day to day or what do you plan on doing day to day going forward? I... I mean, I don't know. I ha- So I have a week of like full quarantine left. So I can't even leave my house. Um, so I have a week of that. And, and then hopefully, I mean, my goal is to like start being able to incorporate like some movement. And because that's the thing, like once it hits your lungs, I know that it's going to be weeks before I can like actually kind of like exert myself, um, with my lung capacity. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's like one day at a time. And I think what's really hard, I was talking to a friend last night about certain anxieties that I have. And I think, I think we're all feeling it of like pressure to be productive or pressure to be creative or pressure to kind of like use this time to do something. Um, and I'm trying really hard to like not put that on myself because I think as a whole, as like a society, you know, this is a time where we can really just like listen to what we need. And and if that means like sitting in your house and not doing anything, that's what you need. Right. Um, and I, and I think that's kind of, I'm trying to do that. Of course, obviously, like I would like to try and be a little productive. Um, but also like take care of myself too with, with how I'm eating and trying to maintain like all of that. I mean, I hate to, I hate to bring it back to any kind of exercise analogy, but for me, the hardest thing with being diligent about working out is the, the, the necessary diligence to rest. Yeah. Like, 
if you don't allow your body to recover, then it won't be useful going forward in achieving whatever you're trying to achieve with it. So I think the same thing with creativity or any of these things that we feel we must do. I cannot imagine what two full weeks of total quarantine and total rest must be like. So I think it's just different. I can't, I can't, I can't totally wrap my head around it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> when I get to the end of it, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm trying to just um, take it one day at a time, you know, think like the human interaction is like, what's the hardest? Cause you can FaceTime all day long, but like at a certain point you're still alone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. For me, the only people I really need to see every day are my wife and kids. And mm-hmm. um, three of them are away at school anyway. So having them back is actually kind of a joyous moment sure, in time. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a Christmas holiday for me. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it doesn't, you know, the only thing I am struggling with at all personally, and I feel very selfish even saying this, but it's the truth, is not going to the gym. That's it. That's my big yeah. experience through this whole thing so far has been like, oh my God, how hard is my life not being able to go to the gym six days a week? Um, yeah. Which I can't really spend much time feeling sorry for myself over that. No, but when it becomes such a part of you mentally, physically, like emotionally, I mean, I get it. That's for sure. It's, it's not, I don't think it's selfish at all. I think that's, it's become such a part of you. Um, of course it makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm able to have the physical contact that I've structured my life in like what I need. I'm still getting that, you know, I, I, I miss my friends to some degree, but I, but it's okay. I can go two weeks without seeing them or even a month without seeing them. And it doesn't really alter my life at all. Um, but I, I do imagine that there must be quite a few people, especially in these big cities where people are just alone. And that's, that sucks. Like I, I got super concerned for my friends in in recovery and 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 working on sobriety. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, meetings being held through Zoom, which is great. And yeah, so the the technology is super helpful. But there is still something about like you know standing with a person, holding their hand, touching them, a hug. That <laughs> though yeah. it's only been a couple of weeks, it seems like a big deal. Yeah. But I think too, then this whole time is also kind of showing us what's important and what we need as human beings. Um, But I know like the second or third day of this, even before I was sick, I sat and I cried. I cried because I had so much anxiety and I was so, you know, I, I struggled all through my twenties, I struggled with depression, um, and anxiety. And, um, now in my thirties, I've, I've like really gotten a hold on it, but you think about like, I have a hold on it because of like X, Y, Z, I do this, I do this. This is like, you have it down to a science. When you have all that stripped away from you, you have to kind of now find new tools 
within like your home and within yourself. And it's, it is scary. I think that, um, it's kind of a nerve wracking time for people who deal with, with those types of things. Let me ask you this with, with the Mm -hmm. work you're doing on her voice, I should probably also say that you and I share office space. Um, we do, yeah. You know, uh, which is which is even how <laughs> Hopefully we, we didn't share a be... microphone. <laughs> right. No. Well, I will say that every time I went in there for the past month, basically, I was dousing everything in alcohol. Anything I came anywhere near got Smart. wiped down. And Narod, who runs the place, was also very diligent with the uh, yeah. with the Clorox and everything, which is yes. good. She kept the environment safe for us bottom line is just like a human thing. Right. Even the day to day, like when I talk to my male friends um, and my female friends, it's it's been really interesting because everybody is being triggered very differently. Yeah. Um, I think this scenario is, is bringing up a lot of anxieties and a lot of things for people like based off of like maybe something they went through and they're childhood or something that's really triggering to them. And it's been interesting, I guess for me, like as a woman, it's been really interesting to see some of my male friends, um, be more vulnerable in this space and kind of express their anxieties about it, um, that they maybe necessarily wouldn't. Right. And I think that in that sense, like it, truly just is like a human experience and not like a male point of view or a female point of view. Um, it's just like singularly like how it's affecting each one of us in just many different ways. Like for, like I had said, you know, I wasn't even concerned necessarily about getting the virus. I didn't have anxiety about that. My anxiety was about so many different things. And then like, I have a friend who was like, literally only concerned about getting the virus and has like anxiety about it, you know? So, so it's, it's, it, there's just so everybody's just like having these different experiences in this moment. So I I don't, yeah, I don't think it's really dependent on like gender right? or like whose point of view. I think it's just like, we're all just going through it and experiencing it as we are. Yeah, I guess I guess I hear you don't understand from my kids a lot, but that could just be an age thing, you know, like not yeah. necessarily that they're all girls, which they are, but it could also just be that, you know, they're young and their priorities are different or their understanding of what's happening is different and their anxieties are different. You know, their anxieties seem to be more, um, I need to see my friends, you know? Yeah. And my anxieties are, I need to keep you safe. Um, Of course. You know. But isn't that always just anyway, even without this going on, I feel like that's just kind of like how parents and kids are. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, But but I will say too, like I think the frustrating part for people um, right now is, is you do still have like people in their 20s going out and thinking that it's okay. And I think that's frustrating and really hard. And the fact that like now we have like stricter lockdowns and now they're like going to start handing out violations because of that fact. I think that there is maybe like a generational, I don't know, entitlement maybe. 
Yeah, it's it's so weird. I I one of my favorite moments ever was when my 12-year-old called my 23-year-old a boomer. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> and I was just like this is this is too <laughs> precious because I don't even know what generation they are. I only know no. that I'm of the best generation, which is Gen X. And whatever they are, millennials or or Z or X, or they're not X. They're, they're Y or Z. I don't know. But the fact that a 12-year-old was calling a 23-year-old a boomer, I found to oh be gosh. so amazing. Until this happened, and I've been called a boomer three times a day for the past two weeks. And they, <laughs> and they really mean it. The little kids really, really mean it. I think they, were they autonomous, they would fall right in line with the 20 year olds at spring break and go like, I don't care. I, uh, this virus is not sufficient to keep me from having fun with my friends, which is totally scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they're just thinking about themselves and not other people. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And have you thought about at all what the landscape of Hollywood is going to be like after this? To be honest, like that's where a lot of my anxieties have been recently. Um, it's it, it's so upsetting now. Like you start, you're hearing. Um, I think it's really hard because there are going to be layoffs and there's going to be cut salaries and all of those things. Um, and it's scary because like Hollywood in itself is just always kind of an unknown, you know, sure. um, even when things are going the way that they're supposed to be going. Um, so it is really scary. I mean, for me personally, like, and I even feel selfish saying this, but like we were about to take a show out. Like I directed a pilot. We were on our way taking it out to pitch it. And that was the pro that process was happening. I had meetings set, like everything was kind of like getting the ball rolling with that. And then obviously that all stopped. Um, not to say that it won't start up again, but it's scary. You know, you work really hard and people who are on productions, then they don't have an income now. And, um, it's, it's a really scary time because I 
think the unknown of like, well, when will production start up is anxiety inducing. And like, also what's it going to be like, you know, when you're with 250 people on a set, like what's that going to be like? Yeah. What's it going to be like? And, and, and And it really is, you know, working in, in movies and television really is like, uh, being in a carnival almost, you know, you're like, you're getting in vans with people and you're getting in trailers yeah. with people and you're, you're getting in weird positions where like the cameraman's above you and, and the focus yeah. puller is like hugging your legs somehow. And, and, you know, it is quite often a very, a, a job where you are kind of intimate with a lot of people. And what will that be like? And then I was thinking also like, is this the death nail in movies? Like, do, do people go return to seeing movies again? I mean, movies were already struggling. I know all the theaters that are having to like shut down. And I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I, you have, we have to believe, I think that like, this is, I don't know, going to benefit in some way that we can kind of find new innovative ways. Right. But yeah, it's crazy. That's really crazy. Yeah. I had a movie. And you think about all the hard work of people who worked on a movie or in, now it can't even come out in theaters. I mean, my heart broke for South by, and I actually just read the whole list of winners, which is like so crazy, but like people who like imagine just like getting into South by with your feature finally, and then like not being able to show it and it being too late to be in any other festivals and it's stuff like that. That's, that's crushing. Right. Yeah. You know, I suppose that somebody's going to come up with something creative. Uh, something will be born out of this, right? Yeah. I, I think I yeah. read that Isaac Newton came up with many of his theories while on quarantine from the plague. That's what we hope for. We hope that, um, you know, some guy like Isaac Newton is really hard <laughs> work right now and not watching Instagram or something like that or YouTube. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> but that's problem. exactly what I was saying where it's like you have that there's like, this like kind of underlying sense of pressure to just like be great <laughs> during this time, right? you know, <laughs> like figure something out, invent something, write something. Right. I don't know. You are not producing enough during the quarantine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I know. I kind of told myself, I was like, I'm just going to give myself a couple more days, really start feeling better. And then like, maybe I'll try to do something productive. Yeah, I, I read a study once about boredom and creativity and that, you know, I can't even cite necessarily where I read this, but I read it and it made sense to me. And it was something about like super creativity comes when the brain function is sub boredom. So you get so bored that you go below boredom and that's when these huge bursts of creativity happens. And the fact that we're constantly stimulating ourselves with phones, mm-hmm. we don't ever get sub boredom because we can just exactly. get a jolt of of knocking ourselves out of boredom. So we we certainly never approach sub boredom by whatever it is, YouTube or or a message board or texting with people. I have tried in the past two days to because I don't even read the news anymore. So I'm, because I figure like if anything drastic happens, somebody I love is going to let me know, like it's, you're clear to go outside. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get that information from the news because the news just is just upsetting. Um, 
And then I realized that on, you know, I'm on a couple different text chains and that's all just gloom and doom too. And like what mm-hmm. I'm just getting the headlines from people now, you know? Well, I think because that's all anybody has to talk about. And that's, I've been kind of having a hard time with that as well. Whoever I talk to nine times out of 10, the conversation always circles back to Corona. Right. And it always circles back to like all the doom and gloom. And even when I try to steer it away, uh, it, it circles back. But then like, what else do we have to talk about? Right. Yeah. My wife is started- like, we're doing anything that we can like talk about our days. <laughs> yeah. And and there is that, there is that pressure too. Like when you say like the pressure to be creative, it's not necessarily creative for yourself. It's creative with something that you can share. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the pressure is like write a masterpiece or come up with a new app or whatever it is. My wife has instituted a no phone policy for certain periods of the day. And she plays these games with us, which I found to be slightly morbid at first. But now I like them where she goes like she said she read something where uh, prisoners of war were constantly talking about what was in their refrigerator. And she said it's totally made up. It's just the refrigerator in their mind and what it's full of. And so we're going to play a game where will we vacation this summer? And just getting all the kids to talk about the different places they want to go. And, you know, you know, obviously this does is in a parallel universe where what we're dealing with doesn't exist. So if you say Italy, that's, sure. that's fine. We're going to Italy, you know, we're going to go eat uh cacio Pepe in Rome or something like that. And, and it's totally mm-hmm. safe to do so in this game. And I realized that playing a game like that, there is no pressure because it's just for us, you know, that, that creativity, it isn't about social media or, you know, creating something for work or, or this idea of production. It's just to get the kid's mind on something else, some positivity in the future. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really cool. And I think that that's like, I I will say there, there is something to when this all kind of started happening, I was like, Oh man, this kind of like reminds me of like old times where like you would sit around and like play board games with people and like just be normal and have kind of go back to basic. Now, granted, (laughs) can't really do that when you live alone and when you're quarantined. However, the idea is there of just kind of like going back to basics and and playing games like that with your family. Um, I think there is something to kind of like taking it to a simpler time. Yeah. I just had the weirdest thought and it's probably utterly irresponsible to even say, but I'm going to say it because it's just a thought and, and I'm not advocating for this at all. And, and I'm quite a bit older than you. So maybe you're not going to understand what I'm talking about at all. But I recall as a child going to a chicken pox party. Is that something your generation did? Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. It well, sounds like insane, pox. right? I got chicken pox when I was two years old. Okay. So. so you were too young to know about this. I think I was like five, you know, now. But it's everyone who has chicken pox can yeah, hang out. Yeah, everyone. And then everybody gets chicken pox. You know, I think the idea was, I think now you get inoculations against chicken pox. So like chicken pox just doesn't really exist anymore. But I mm-hmm. guess there's just not enough known about this to say, like, let's just get the young kids all inoculated to it and get them through that. Like, stick them in some, you know, massive tent with a lot of medical supervision. 
but no, I, I, as I say it, I realize that that doesn't work because we don't know. It could be killing kids too. Well, yeah, I think I think they just came out and said that like in Europe and in China, it was a lot of older people that were being really affected. But now in the States, like 40% are like 18 to like 34 year olds or something. But, but there was that, wasn't it? Um, the, uh, Boris from UK was saying he was all about the hurting. Right. He was like, we should hurt people and, and people should just get it. And that's what, that's what it sounds like. But, um, but not anymore. Now they're on lockdown. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the other thing too, that I think it's like interesting is like once you've been quarantined for however long and like you have a friend who, you know, has also quarantined for that long and they don't have symptoms or whatever, like, can you see that friend or no? Like, how does that work? I mean, I, you I'm sure you could, but it's also like still risky. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying if two people knowingly had it, don't have it. Like oh, if they've gone through their quarantine, they've been quarantined for say three weeks. Right. Yeah. We're running into that mm -hmm. right now with my youngest has a birthday in a week and she's like, look, we've been doing this. We, I, I haven't, I haven't touched a person out of this house. I haven't been within, it's probably even way more than 10 feet. Like we go on walks in our neighborhood and basically cross the street if another person is coming. So she really has yeah. had no contact outside of the house. And she was like, my friends that have also done this, can't we have a small party for them in a week? And really, we, we're just saying no, not because we feel that we'd be breaking the rules. We just don't know. There's just not enough yeah. data. So Yeah. And you don't want to be the person that's like, it says yes, and then somebody gets sick at that party, and then it like starts all over again. Right. We're gonna wait until the CDC says everybody's yeah. safe. We have a vaccine. No, that's not true because that could be a year. I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll just wait and see what they say. Hopefully, it's not too too much longer. But I can't imagine that it's not going to be at least I don't know a month. Right. <laughs> what What is the next step for you? Like, do you, uh, do you go to a follow-up with your doctor and does the doctor, the doctor just no. like two weeks? My doctor said that I definitely have to quarantine, not even like going to the grocery store, obviously that'd be very irresponsible. Um, but I, they're saying that you're not that 14 days from the day you started symptoms, you should be clear, right. but they don't know. That's the thing. They just don't know. People could relapse. People could still have it living in them. I think because my case was so mild, it may like be out of my system sooner. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to continue. I think the whole point is like, that's the paradigm of like, everybody is just assuming they have it or, you know, can get it and is just quarantining. Right. So you don't have to go get another test. Well, I mean, in an ideal world, yeah, I should to make sure I don't have it anymore, but there aren't enough tests, so I won't. But I, I know like, I mean, I think the hard part about this quarantine thing is I know there was a town in Italy that 30% of the people got it and they were all test. Everyone was tested. 30% of the people had it. They quarantined them. And then like, couple weeks later, they tested those people and like 7% had it. So then they quarantined them and they were tested again to the point where then like the entire town was coronavirus free. 
Oh, wow. Because they had were able to quarantine in that way. We can't do that here. It's too hard. Right. But with, by the way, that's but a that's positive like story point. out of Italy. I have not yet heard a positive story out of Italy. It's all just been chaos. Yeah. Yeah. There was a small town that was able to kind of get a handle on it and quarantine properly. Right. Wow. So. Okay. I don't know. I we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. We will see what happens. Why don't you tell us about your podcast so we can have people listening to that? That's a great thing that people can be listening to during this time. Yeah. So I started a podcast called The Her Voice Podcast. My co-host is Blair Bomar. And we are also with Action Park Media. It's a podcast where we talk to females in the entertainment industry and males and just kind of give women and men a platform to talk about their experiences um, for the women, you know, as a woman. Uh, we have a lot of executives. We talk to... Um, filmmakers, executives, producers, writers, and just kind of talk about gender parity, but also not like it's not, a, it's just a place where women and can share their stories and, um, you know, mentor other women and other men. So we're really excited about it. And we've, we've talked to some really incredible people thus far. So yeah, it's called the Her Voice Podcast. People can get it anywhere podcasts are streamed. Anywhere. Yes. Amazing. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much for sharing this story. And Sure, thank you. I wish you some kind of human contact as soon <laughs> as it's morally advisable to have it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Here's a question we got at AmericanGlutton.net. Nicholas wrote in, I'll do good for a few days to a week, then stop and get a quad stack cheeseburger combo on the way home just to have dinner with my wife. If anyone understands that, it's probably you. Just curious what it was that did it for you. What stuck? What was the turning point? Thanks for the question, Nicholas. Uh, I totally understand what you're saying. I don't know that I have experienced that much in the past few years, but I fully remember uh, being on some kind of an eating plan and going off and getting fast food and derailing it that way. I think the thing that really stuck most with me was the the goals I set for myself and really being honest with myself about uh, how I was going to achieve those goals and what it was going to kind of uh, cost in my routine, cost in habitual terms, cost in effort output, and looking at those as realistically as possible. As of today, I, I don't really think of ever stopping for cheeseburgers. I will occasionally make a plan to have a cheeseburger on a weekend, but that is very rare. So if, you're, if your goal is enough to have you on this program, and, and I don't mean listening to American Glutton, I mean the program of your eating plan, if, if the goal is sufficient to have you doing that, then the idea of stopping to get a quad stack cheeseburger on your way to dinner is really only working against that plan. So I would just say to fully understand what that food does to you, what, what, what kind of um, caloric imbalance that would put you in, how much work it would take to dig you out of the hole, and is it necessarily worth 
that extra effort or worth completely giving up your goal. I was just kind of done being the way I was and came to a point where I was, I was ready to, to kind of take my mind out of it. Certainly in the beginning, um, you know, in AA, uh, one of the first steps is admitting that you're powerless and, I don't in this day believe that I'm powerless to anything, but I won't drink because uh, it hasn't gone well for me when I have had alcohol. So I don't have to admit that I'm powerless today, but I have to admit to myself that I know through all the patterns of my life that that is an, 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 a thing that goes against the life I'm trying to lead. Much in the same way, if you are really stumbling, you got to have some kind of a formula that you put in place to kind of have checks and balances with the idea that you could stop and, and admitting to yourself that this is going to derail the progress that you've made might be the first step. Uh, we did a whole episode on mindset, and I think many of those um, techniques are useful. Uh, there are probably other techniques that you could find useful, but that would be the thing I would suggest. Thanks for writing in. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you can submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.